welcome to Our Brooklyn Bites, episode 35. I'm Stephanie. I'm Leon. Once more. And once more. <laughs> yep. Right there. Right with you. So tell me, Leon, what is going on in your life for the week of June? Uh, I played some games. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that what you do? I've got some games going on. I'm sure you do, too. Squeezed a few in, not mm-hmm. a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- I guess I'll talk about. I mean, I have nothing much else going on, so <laughs> so talk about some games I played. All right. Why so you maybe you've up? heard of some of them. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play Tomb Raider before? I've I've have some experience with Tomb Raider. Okay. I've never fully finished a, a normal Tomb Raider game. Really? I've always just kind of dabbled. I always kind of like said, oh, let me try this game for a so, little while. Why would you say your reason for never finishing? Um, just short attention span, probably. Have you ever played through an Assassin's Creed game? No. Hmm. Mm-mm. I've only played through one, which I think was it was on the Xbox 360. I don't know which one it was. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. But I didn't like the originals. I skipped over them. But... I have a lot of them. I think I bought the whole collection from like, oh, on, like some Steam massive or Steam something. Sale. Yeah, it's like ten Tomb Raider games for a dollar mm-hmm. or something. Right. I mean, it was it was really cheap. It was like every game that had been made up to that point for like eighteen dollars or something. Yeah, I think that was recently they had that mm-hmm. sale. That includes the uh, the most recent reboot, the, the remasters of yeah. one, two, and three, or something like that. Um. Yeah. Well, I think just the first one got like a, a, a like a remake version of it. Mm. Um, but please, go on, tell me what your game was. Well, unfortunately, mine were none of those. Uh, <laughs> it was the newly released mobile game called Tomb Raider Relic Run. Mm. I wasn't aware of this, even. It is a free game from Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Relic Run is Temple Run, mm-hmm. like reskinned. It sounds like it. Yeah. That's, that's the hint I would get. Yeah. Uh, and you would... So, it seems like... That type of game, like, R- Temple Run is hugely popular mm-hmm. um, among kids, adults. I don't know if it still is, and that's kind of where I'm like, I don't really know, understand, like, why it took them so long to make this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why, like, it's a good idea to have her, you know, in that type of game, but why wait, you know, now, 2015, <laughs> the original Temple Run you game. Like that genre has kind of run its course? so to speak. I, I kind of feel that way. I mean, Temple Run was in 2011. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's four years ago. And in mobile gaming, four years is a long time. Right. So and does it bring anything new to the genre, do you think? Based um, on what you've seen so far? Not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. A couple of different tweaks. Uh, so for anyone who hasn't played Temple Run, it is a third-person auto-runner. Mm-hmm. And you have... As you're running, you have, like, obstacles. You have to swipe left and right to dodge and then duck to duck under, like, fallen trees or, you know, bricks or stuff. And then you jump to jump over, like, obstacles like fire and animal, like, um, scorpions, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this version, so it does add a few couple extra things. Uh, for one, the graphics are much better than what you saw in Temple Run 1 or 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also the game Pitfall had a Temple Run type of oh, game. that's right. So those are always, like, the ones I compare it to. So this is this this um, style of game is ripe to be converted to, uh, yeah. to an auto-runner, it mm-hmm. seems. Mm-hmm. So the graphics are pretty decent. Um, you know, definitely an improvement. 
doesn't work with the controller, unlike the Temple Run games. At least the first Temple Run worked with the iCade. This one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main differences are you do some some parkour stunts. Like I don't, and I don't know how how it, it kind of figures that out. But like sometimes you'll jump over a gap, and then the angle will change when you do it. And she does this like kind of crazy acrobat thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sort of new. Um, and and. Honestly, I find that kind of annoying because the whole camera shifts and it just sort of changes the flow of the game. It like slows down the game. Mm-hmm. There's also some parts where um, you'll come across the camera will shift and now you're you're in a shooting type of um, situation where you'll see like some monsters come out from the sides and you have to like tap to shoot them mm-hmm. and then and then you can also shoot boxes and there's like gold coins in the boxes and then you move on there's no like ammo at least i don't think there was like ammo to worry about or anything it's like a quick you know three second thing hmm. okay and as you're running you're collecting relics and and gold coins sort of like temple run um you can do a wall a wall run now so if there's like no gaps and there's coins on the wall you kind of like slide that direction mm-hmm. um she also rides an ATV vehicle at some point hmm uh, it just just pops out of nowhere. Like again, the camera just changes, and <laughs> this vehicle just pops out, and you're like jumping on it and riding it. So there's some weird things, you know. Adding some. She comes some from a wealthy new... family, so. Oh, she, does she? I think she's got resources. Now, do you call her Laura or Lara? It's it's Lara, right? La- Lara. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely Lara Croft. Because I keep hearing Laura everywhere. I, don't I know. hear that too. It makes me a little. It bugs batty. me. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, since when did we start calling this character something else? Um, I think it's just people, I don't know, they they go with the name that's most familiar to them. Probably. If her name's Lara, they must have meant to name her Lara. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would originally have thought like it was a translation error, that like they just forgot to put the U in the word, but... No, it's... No, it's consistently like, been called Lara since... That's what I think. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know where the confusion comes from, but I hear it all well, the time. Yeah, even still. from members of the gaming press me, that have me been too. covering these games for so bizarre uh-huh. fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that kind of stood out to me when I was playing was uh, the DLC. There was one thing called a costume pack where you can skin Lara different outfits. Mm-hmm. That was twelve dollars, mm-hmm. and I don't know if the, it didn't seem like there was more to it. I didn't bother clicking into it, but uh, that seemed like a little excessive just for different outfits. Mm. Uh, there's some more DLC. I didn't really bother experimenting to see what you can buy. It didn't look like you can upgrade a whole lot. Um, you can find relics, and I don't know what the relics do. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's that much depth in what you see. I know mean, it's pretty much what you see is what you get. Mm. Okay. So, I don't know. It's free if you do want to try it, though. You know, download it. I think it's on Android, too, but I played it on iOS. Uh, another game I played, which was also on iOS... It's called Kung Fury. Hmm. Have you heard of this one? I've heard of the movie project Kung Fury. Okay, I'm glad you heard of it because I did not. <laughs> I did not know about this until just recently. Uh huh. And so uh, I don't know much about this video thing that it's based off of, but mm. the game on iOS is supposed to be based on that, okay. and it's an arena fighter um, in the style of like Streets of Rage. So it's you know sprite graphics. And, um, you know, your character's in the middle, similar kind of, you know, textures and stuff. And uh, the controls are just left and right. Sort of like a Game & Watch type game. Mm-hmm. The difference is you're not actually moving. You're just attacking 
whatever character is closest to you. So if there's guys coming on the left of you, you hit the left button and your character will jump forwards to punch that character. Okay. If the character's too far away, you guy will miss. It'll say miss, and then you have to tap again to hit the, the character, or the character will hit you first, depending on how far away you were. Hmm. Is that, uh, so is it kind of similar to that Kung Fu arcade game? Sort of, yeah, but you're just in one location, you're not moving. Mm-hmm. Now, um, if there's enemies coming on the left and right of you, this is where it gets tricky, because you have to alternate left, right, left, right when you, when you punch. Mm-hmm. And then you start doing combos, too, and that's the whole idea of, of the game, is to kind of chain your moves together to build combos, and you get a higher score. So, um, the enemies, I didn't get that far, but, uh, you know, you start off with standard enemies and then you start getting robots and then you start getting other types of creatures. So I don't know how much of that is based on the, uh, the movie or film, whatever it is, short film that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cool thing about it is, I guess would be the, the look of it. It's got the sprite graphics. They do like this whole scan line trick to make it look like an old, you know, VHS or arcade game. And it has the curved screen to look like a CRT. Mm. So, like, visually, I guess that's sort of, you know, I mean, it's that's a cool. little... Well, they were going for the 80s look. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally, Because yeah. that's what the movie is set in, I think. Or at least they're aping that style. Um, yeah. From the preview, because I watched a little preview video, and yeah. it seemed like, you know, they're showing the VHS tape and, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the 80s music. Right. But and as a game as a whole, I thought it was pretty weak. I don't know, it seemed... I don't, I don't see what... I, 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 I played, like, three, four games on... I had my fill of it. It's probably, <laughs> that was enough. Uh, it's probably just a little promotional teaser. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed kind of very one-dimensional. I don't know. <laughs> no good. And same, same with Tomb Raider, Relic Run. It was not really... I mean, I, like I said, those games are kind of played out for me, so hmm. not into it. Okay. Um, I also got to try out... I talked about this recently. I bought the game Electronic Superjoy mm-hmm. on Steam. So this one is from Michael Todd Games. It's an indie game. It's a side-scrolling platformer. The graphics are kind of like silhouette-looking. Your character is just kind of black, all one black shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the thing that sets this differently is it's got a lot of visuals um, set to the music. So you have a lot of techno, little dubstep, um, you know, electronic-style music going on. And a lot of, there's a lot of uh, pulsating, like, flashes and Mm -hmm. things rotating and uh i played i think after like i played about an hour or two and i went to use the bathroom and i'm walking to the bathroom like my eyes were kind of like everything was just sort of spinning a little bit like it happens when i play guitar hero too i Uh guess because like there's a constant movement going on right and like the walls were like kind of like shifting it was weird so those warnings that they put on some of those games yeah well there's a warning do apply to you Uh uh-huh so you didn't realize it when you're playing it, but all those like crazy spinning circles and mm-hmm. stuff. I, I, yeah, I've pl- I mean, I have this game too, and I have played it. Not not really that much though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did get that impression that a lot of the special effects in the game were <clears throat> maybe designed to throw you off a little bit. Oh, totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's one of the gripes I have about this game is there's a lot of it's almost like too smart for its own good. It's like purposely will will make you go through the whole level and then give you like a really cheap instant death like right before the exit, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, come on, like that. Now I have to start from the beginning, and like, why why does it have to be like those, you know, purposely set up that there's no way you would have known like that was there to, to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. So you know, the game is uh, one of those you know extra difficult games, you know, like Super Meat Boy style. You have one move, and that's. Uh, like a stomp move 
Mm-hmm. And you have the jump, the, the jump move is, hey, get to the level. But the stomp is sort of uh, like the butt stomp in Mario. The only mm-hmm. thing is, there's no animation in this move. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the air and you press the stomp move, you're immediately, the next frame of animation is at the floor where you're impacting. So you're almost teleporting down. It's pretty much a teleport. Uh-huh. So it's kind of tricky because you're you're moving so fast in this game. It's a very fast game. And, you know, the animation's pretty smooth otherwise. But you have, you know, parts where you have to make these jumps and there's creatures below you and you have to stomp. But when you're in the middle of a jump and you have to stomp on, like, a small platform, it's very hard, I found it very hard, to gauge, you know, to know that you're not falling down, you're, like, teleporting down. Mm. And it's it's very tricky. And I wasn't really into that too much, the way that worked. Mm, so it's really expecting some precise... It's like, it's a hundred percent precise jumps, uh-huh. and it's sort of like that game I talked about, Pavel Quest, like two weeks ago. Right. Everything's like super timing, down to the, like the last second. There is uh, you also gain a, a double jump at some point. Mm-hmm. They they take they give you some moves just for a level, and then they get they take it away for you from you. Um, some of the levels rotate. There'll be um, you you'll play halfway through the level, and then the screen just rotates ninety degrees, and now you're. You're moving, like, in a different direction, but you're still controlling it, like, left and right, up and down sort of oh, thing. Oh, boy. And doing all those tricky jumps that on top of like it. That sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> <clears throat> There's some boss battles, hmm. not a whole lot. Uh, the, and the whole thing that makes this game even extra hard is some of the levels, as you're racing across the screen, because um, a lot of levels are all auto-run, so you, you can't, like, stay behind, you have to keep running, mm-hmm. that you have to jump on all these platforms and at the same time there's these missiles chasing you mm, yeah and these missiles I remember that too will uh are heat-seeking missiles and you'll have like sometimes three missiles chasing you mm-hmm. and then sometimes you'll have 20 and there'll be 20 of these missiles that leave these bright white trails of smoke behind <laughs> them and you're trying to do your jumps and then also avoid them because they're heat-seeking, and then you have all these things trying to, like, aim at you at the same time, and you have to, like, kind of dodge and, and jump around. It's, it can get really crazy. It's tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, there's uh, stars on each level that you can collect, and then uh, if you get enough stars, you can open up the last level, or the last uh, world, I should say, which I was not able to do. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Um, no, I don't think I'm going to... <laughs> no, I, I played through the whole game. I did finish it. I got to the end. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go back to get it. I didn't find it to be that fun where mm-hmm. I want to go back and get the DLC and, uh, you know, open up the, the last world. And so not even the aesthetics or the music? No, the music... Like, gave you a reason to try it. I didn't think the music was that great. Mm-hmm. It was a little generic. There's Like, one song was okay. Nothing that was, like, memorable mm-hmm. that I'd want to go out and download the soundtrack. There's also an annoying thing. Every time you die, you hear this moaning sound, like a girl moaning. It's uh-huh. kind of like, sort of like sexual sort of thing. Um, it's either a guy saying like, ooh la la or something like that. And it's, it's sort of stupid. And the first time you hear it, it's kind of like, oh, it's cute, you know, whatever. But it's like every time you die, you hear it over and over again. <laughs> and in a game where you're dying like, you know, 300 times, 400 times in a game, that's mm-hmm. really, really annoying. I think in a way it's meant to mock you a little bit. Uh, yeah. Just, if it annoys maybe. you, then maybe it's like, you know, kind of... It's just really irritating. 
So I had to shut the sound off. I think it's maybe even a cliche of that type of music, right? Don't you think it's like a little um, overused? I even? never thought about that. Even in dance music. Yeah. Sort of, they kind of insert get, things like that. I suppose. I don't mm. know. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I turn. You could turn but down the effects, so I turned that down. I just love the music. <laughs> it had the opposite effect for you. Yeah, I was like, no, I can't. I couldn't play. I couldn't play it. I was like, because I'm, I'm already, you know me, I get very frustrated. So I'm mm. already ready to like bash the controller, and now I have that annoying sound every time I die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it was okay for I me. Mean, it was only like a dollar of the game, so it was it was fine. But uh, I don't think it's a game for everyone. And you're probably not in the market for the expansions for this uh, game. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, maybe if, if if it's like a dollar, I might pick up the, the Groove City expansion, just to check it out. Mm-hmm. But um, see what's different. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Hmm. No, there's so many other types of games like that which are better. Right. So, you know, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I might I might try this game sometime soon. It's been I've had it for a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's been out like two three years now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I even saw, I remember seeing it at PAX East. They had, um, I think they had like a little, like kind of physical version of it. Maybe it came on like a memory stick or something like that. Was that at the last PAX? No, it was, it was like maybe two years ago or something. Cause that's where I think I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Like it might have been the game, a copy of the soundtrack, mm. um, you know, some little pieces of artwork or yeah something. i remember seeing that and i was like kind yeah. of annoyed that it wasn't coming out for anything other than steam because i didn't have a pc right and i wanted to play it mm-hmm. but like so that demo they showed at pax <laughs> i still think that was the best board <laughs> it was the best music and the best level right because playing the whole game now i don't think there was any other highlights other than that level mm-hmm. just something about the design of that level worked worked really well so yeah too bad I'm yeah, sorry. and then was that? I'm sorry, it wasn't as more fun. Uh, it's not your fault. You didn't program it. <laughs> it was not super joyous. No. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, uh, did you want to talk about your games or? Because I did some other things this really? week. Um, I can get into mine, but if you wanted to just, I guess, top it off, maybe that's good too. Well, I uh, so I have this meme. Uh, well, this idea of a meme cabinet that I want to do one day. Sure. I used to have one. I Everyone's don't anymore. So, uh, you know, it's still in my future. Who doesn't as soon want to get arcade. the space? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have this Ar- X arcade stick that I've had for a while. And I think I've talked about in the past that it does not work on the Ouya. The mm-hmm. meme arc- the twin stick does not work. Right. Because Ouya recognizes it as one joystick, not two. Mm-hmm. Well, really, it's used as a keyboard, right? And that's kind of the issue. Uh, no, that's uh, that's that would be helpful. That's what you want it to be. <laughs> uh-huh. It's supposed to be read as a, a keyboard, but for some reason, the Ouya developers decided to reassign the Ouya controller as a single USB controller. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So they, they, I guess they figured, let's do them a favor, and if they have an X arcade, they could use it on any Ouya game, mm-hmm. which is true. Now. If it's a keyboard, you can't because the games are not programmed to work with a keyboard. They work with an Ouya controller. Right, right. So in some ways, it sort of made sense. But the same way, in, by making it an Ouya controller, you're disabling the second stick on, gotcha. on, the, on the twin sticks. Right. So uh, so I have this tablet. Um, it's a 20-inch touch tablet. Mm-hmm. So I, I installed... It's an Android tablet. I installed MAME on there, a couple of ROMs, and I hooked up my arcade stick to that. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been playing a little bit with that this week. It was basically because of uh, Starcade last week. You know, Kami got me in the arcade groove again. Mm-hmm. So uh, I figured sense. out, let me, let me give it a try, test out some games. So I got the arcade stick, you know, I programmed it all. It worked pretty good on Android, on that device. Uh, I played some Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Crazy Climber, mm. uh, Robotron, and Ghouls and Ghosts. Very nice. And I, 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 I mad at myself. I, I screwed up in Ghouls and Ghosts. I got up to the level... I think it's like the Crystal Cavern level. I don't know if that's like four or five. And I got up to the boss where you have to... The boss is like this... Um, I think it's like a creature's body maybe or something. And there's like... Or, or, or it's just like this island. And there's these pulsating like eggs at the bottom. It's like mm-hmm. five of them. And there's worms that come out. And they, they kind of like circle around you. I played that board. Because right before I got there, they gave me uh, the axe weapon. Mm-hmm. And the axe weapon's horrible on that because it... it he throws it on an angle, and it's very hard. You can only throw one at a time, so it's hard to hit very multiple quick shots. So I got to that board, and I must have played it like 30 times before um, I beat it once. And then as soon as I beat it, I died at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they didn't give me credit for it, so I had to do it again. So that was annoying. Then and then I I played it again and I got it down I got it down to like a couple of times where you ha- I had it down to like one egg I had to defeat and then what I did by accident was I ran out of credits <laughs> and and because I was playing it so many times I, I was just like rapidly pressing the the one player button uh-huh. and I guess I ran out of credits so when I I tapped, when I was pressing the one it was uh, flipping the continue pages down super fast. Right. And it didn't occur to me. So by the time I realized it, I didn't have time to put it, the coin button and then press one again. And, and my continue uh, ran out. Man. So I was like super pissed off. I know that feeling at an arcade when you don't have any more change. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, it was similar. <laughs> so then I started going through the... I wanted to see, well, maybe there's a, a level skip or something. I mm-hmm. don't know. So I went into the dip switches to see well, maybe I could just start from level five or six. But there's nothing like that. No, they had something called, uh, uh, what's it called? Re- reverse, I think it was called. Okay. I don't know why you would want to do that, but it would reverse the play field, um, I guess. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't experiment with it, but I just thought it was interesting that that was a dip switch. Maybe, yeah, maybe the way it's, it's possible to wire it either way. and, and rather than So having, I guess you would go from right to left instead of left to right? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's for a cocktail maybe i don't know mm, yeah maybe flips over from uh, the other player maybe yeah i don't know oh yeah i don't know maybe that's what reverse means hmm. that's true okay there's just an observation i mean uh-huh. <sighs> that's pretty much it yeah that was my adventures of gaming this week <laughs> and a, a good mix yeah nothing that stands a few out different things not bad mm-hmm. hmm anything else to add to that Oh, yeah, well, so going back to the Ouya now, uh-huh. uh, I did some research, and someone solved the problem of the X-Arcades working with the Ouya. Right. And it turns out there is a uh, a KL file or something like that. It's one of the system files mm-hmm. that tells the Ouya that if it reads the X-Arcade joystick to assign it as an Ouya controller, mm-hmm. right. if you delete that file, then... It deletes that, and it makes it your read as a, as a keyboard, like it's supposed to. Mm, a regular QWERTY keyboard. Okay, that's where my confusion comes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, unfortunately, the OUYA is um, not rooted, so you have to, you can't just go in there and delete the file. It won't right. let you do it. So I had to root my OUYA, 
which turns out to be really easy. And then um, you just load up like File Explorer or something and just delete the file. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. I loaded up the OUYA, I plugged the XRCAD in, and it reads it as a regular QWERTY keyboard now. Mm-hmm. And you were able to assign all your, your keys. Yeah, it works perfect. Pretty good. So now I have two ways of playing. <laughs> I have two setups now. And this is why you need uh, cloud high scores in MAME. Like cloud saves for high scores. I think you're going to have to submit that to the dev team. I don't know why this isn't... Maybe I'm using an old version, and that does happen in mm-hmm. the new versions, but... Now I have like six devices with MAME on it, and I have high scores on all different devices. This is no good. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe you can like somehow figure out a way to save your, your MAME config to like Dropbox or something like that on all your devices. Hmm. That's, maybe that's an option. Hmm, maybe. Or Google, Google that sounds Drive. like a lot of work, yeah. Well, it's probably it's doable, the, though. If it's definable. Uh-huh. You know, if there's a way to do that. Yeah. It'd be nice if it just did it automatically, though. <laughs> Get that email out there. Okay. Great. Yep. Not bad. Uh, so if that's it for you, I guess I'll dive into my side of things. Um, so let's see. I, um, you know, sort of, I guess, in keeping with some of the recent Konami news that's been happening and also the announcement of uh, bloodstained the kickstarter being led by um the formal ca- the former castlevania uh, producer That's a horrible name for a game bloodstained 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 ritual of the night that doesn't Awful. that doesn't summon some kind of absolutely not darkness and evil in your mind that's terrible yeah well i don't know how they came up with that but um you know, so I, guess, I, I sense a Castlevania presence. There is, there is, yeah, a sort of a, a, the clouds are gathering mm-hmm. for me to uh, take a journey to Castlevania. Um, now, even though um, Koji Igarashi did not work on these particular games, I figured I should at least go back to some Castlevania games that I have not played. Most my my Castlevania experience was mostly started with the Game Boy Advance. So I started with Circle of the Moon for the most Those part. Those are the best ones. They're really good. I enjoyed them. I thought from they were great. From that series on, that's where I consider mm-hmm. the good Castlevania games. Well, that's essentially where, you know, uh, this man was involved in the series. You, you know, he started, started with Symphony of the Night, A lot actually. of people didn't like Portrait of, Portrait Room. That was the first GBA one? Or was uh, that something Circle of the Sun? Circle of the Moon was Circle the first of the Moon, one. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was not well received when that came out. I loved it. But I liked it too, I and it was... I actually did not buy it because it was so poorly reviewed mm-hmm. from like fans and everything. I had the Japanese version even because I bought really? the GBA when it was uh, a Japan import, mm-hmm. and um, I mean that was one of the few games available, so I, I grabbed that right away. Hmm. I, I agree, it's not the strongest version, like ca- mm-hmm. that version of Castlevania, but uh, I thought that was good. I played it on the GameCube, mm-hmm. with the adapter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so what did, well, so I decided, you know, and and actually this, this also ties into sort of the decision I was trying to make to figure out what to get with my Xbox Live credit. Uh, we had tried out that Harmony of Despair game on Xbox Live Arcade oh, right, last yeah. week. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, like, that game wasn't quite to my taste. The game's awful. But, but. It's a disgrace to the Castlevania family. <laughs> it definitely was a step in a different direction. Um. And I wasn't that crazy about it, so I ended up not picking that up. So I thought, let me at least play something that everybody seems... To, a game that everybody seems to love. And that was Symphony Super... Symphony of the... Uh. Not quite yet. 
Super Castlevania 4 for the Super Nintendo. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you were going to say Symphony of the Night. I was, you? yeah. Yeah, well, that's on my list too, but... You haven't played that one? I have not finished it. Never actually went through that entire Come game. On. <laughs> I would throw you out right now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ca- I'm gonna have to hand in my gaming card. Well just think, I'm gonna be able to experience what? it for the first time. How did how do you even start that game and not want to finish it? That game is so amazing. <laughs> I just was getting a lot of games at the at the time. I didn't have any Just when I thought I knew you. Uh, you know. You throw me a curveball like this. <laughs> I mean, well, there's more to that, but I'll get I'll get okay. to that at some point. Um, but in the meantime, this week I did play um, the Super Nintendo game, which I thought, you know, I mean, even though it is different from those type of games, this is more of the linear, original style mm. of Castlevania. This is this is kind of um, sort of a, a reimagining of the first NES game, isn't it? From what I understand, uh, maybe. It's, yeah, know, it's. Um, Maybe some of the same elements, some of the same levels, but well, you know, like expanded and I guess um, designed to take advantage of the Super Nintendo hardware and so on. Uh, So this game was released in October 31st of 1991. How appropriate, right? That it was released on Halloween. Back when you can do things like that. (laughs) From what I understand, though, that was actually the Japan release date and it didn't come out in the U.S. until sometime in December of that year. Well, I, I think the Super Fam, well, the Super Famicom is out way before the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So, this, I think it might have been a launch title even with the Super Nintendo. I'm hmm. not totally sure on that, but it was definitely within like the first month or two. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I decided to play this on the Wii U Virtual Console. Uh, actually, that's not true. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I just do that. <laughs> I actually played this on. Uh, SNES 9X, the famous... Oh, then you didn't actually play... PC emulator. You didn't really play in Castlevania then. I didn't play it on, on true Nintendo hardware. No, it's not the same. <laughs> well... You didn't experience it with the programmers originally intended. It's going to be true for a lot of things, <laughs> I hate to say. Uh, but I figured, let me at least, you know, play it in a way that I can, you know, maybe save my progress as I go along. I don't mm. want to... I don't want to end up getting, um, you know, I don't want to game over screen prematurely. Um, so, of course, on, on start, you get that that haunted castle image with the classic, Simon Belmont, yeah. like whip in hand, ready to take on the adventures. Um, so the first thing I noticed about the game was kind of this uh, loose whip action that you had yeah, in this game. The, that was the first game that had that. Yeah, the limp whip. <laughs> it's 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 very new. Uh-huh. Uh, I was not used to that because you know I'm used to just you know the whip being used in the horizontal uh, only really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I did actually play the uh, the old Game Boy Castlevania Adventure probably when oh, I was. Oh yeah, you, you liked that, didn't you? And, well, I know a lot of people aren't crazy about those games, mm-hmm. but that was one of my first exposures to it. So I guess. I guess if I played the bad ones first, then I can only go up from there, right? Uh, not really, because there's still the NES ones. Mm-hmm. And that, that's sort of a step down at this point. Well, I'm sure some people would disagree. <laughs> but I haven't played those either, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, I, I did notice, though, in, in addition to this sort of action, you have, this, uh, you have a diagonal ability, right? So you can kind of use the whip almost in eight directions. That's the f- yeah, that's also the first game. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know, Rondo of Blood came I think before that right 
Um, Dracula X, whatever they call feels it. Feels like I'm not sure actually. Dra- I mean, on Super Nintendo, it came out after, but right. I think on just in, in the timeline, I believe it came out first on Turbo Graphics. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. That could be. It's around, it's around the same time period, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so it's it it kind of. You know, a couple of things here. I mean, it's just, you know, just based on the mechanics of Castlevania and what I'm used to, though, it was a little different just from the start of that. I mean, even on the first level, you have that, like, you have that first gap where you have to kind of use the door in the fence to go behind into the background to go around this. Because I kept trying to figure out how do I jump? How do I jump this gap? And then I, I noticed that my whip could go diagonally so i'm like well maybe i have to use it to swing across somehow Mm -hmm. i thought maybe that's what i was trying to figure out there and i kind of got stuck for a moment before i noticed oh yeah i can push up against this door and go into the background and that's kind of how i had to get over that um and you know also the fact that you can upgrade your whip as you go along i thought that was pretty good i I, I like that aspect of it yeah it encouraged me to try to stay alive and not (laughs) lose those upgrades um there were some uh, interesting bosses in this one right away. I thought this uh, this kind of skeleton on a horse kind of a th- looking boss. I thought it was was kind of interesting. I like the look of it. It kind of kind of set the mood for the game for the rest of the game for me. Um, and you know it's a pretty long game. I think it's about I think eleven stages. Yeah, I think it goes all the way to eleven. Wow. So it kind of felt kind of long to me. Uh, compared to some of these other type of games. Were you feeling like you were kind of tired of it by the 8th, ninth stage? Um, well, it's, it depends on really what I was encountering. Some of the some of the stages were felt relatively easy compared to some of the other ones. Um, I don't know. I guess in, maybe in stage 4, I thought it was really, it was really impressive when you get to that room that, uh, that rotates. I don't know if you remember this from uh, your time playing this game. I think that's the only thing I remember. <laughs> Really? It's been so long, yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I played this when it first came out, so mm-hmm. that's the last time I played it. Yeah, well, there's a point where basically mm-hmm. you come to a room where uh, there's kind of like a hook, and you, 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 you use your oh, whip yeah, yeah. to kind of hang on from it, and as you're hanging, um, the broom starts Remote rotating. Mode 7 starts to kick in. Yeah, and that looked, that looked pretty impressive, right? Yeah, that was I cool mean, back then. That was good stuff. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool. Um... And then, you know, you have the typical Medusa heads attacking you while this is going on. Um, and, the, you know, the room rotates once more for you to get out of it. I thought that was pretty cool. But then after that, they one up it even more. And they go to that Im- even more impressive room where it's sort of like a cylinder. You know, and there's like the, that effect where kind of the background yes. is like spinning. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. You ever watched The Six Million Dollar Man when you were a kid? Um, Is there... Was he only $6 million or was that an $8 million man? Uh, I think that was just the only one. Then that's one. It was Steve Austin, right? Exactly. Not Stone Cold, though. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Right, I've one. seen that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there was a... <laughs> there were some cheesy episodes in that one, including one where, like, uh, he went through a tunnel in, like, some mountain facility or something made by aliens, and it, <laughs> it turned out that, like, Bigfoot was being made by aliens or something. This was in that show. It was very strange stuff. It's plausible. Well... <laughs> Anyway, the effect from that show reminded me of this stage in the game. Now, I don't think there, there was no really no gameplay element to the stage looking like this. Um, I think the only purpose of it was kind of maybe just to look cool. Yeah, and, and just kind of show off. off yep. show off the special effects a bit. All the original games were like almost to show mm-hmm. off, like technology demos. 
Yeah. But also happen to be great games, too. Sure. Um, I think maybe it might also... Because you're at that point, you're also kind of trying to jump from over, like, some blocks. There's, like, some floating platforms where you're trying to jump over them. And meanwhile, the room is spinning. So I think it's maybe just maybe just trying to throw your timing off a little bit. Um, but otherwise, it looked pretty good. I really enjoyed that part of the game. <laughs> um... Let's see, there was another portion of the game that I thought was kind of cool. Um, there was, uh, you're, you're kind of in, it looks like maybe um, some kind of mansion, perhaps? I mean, I guess this is all takes place in, in the castle. Um, but there was, a, there was a hidden area where like the, you can break the floor, mm-hmm. and you kind of go into like a cellar. And um, there's just a lot of candles on the wall at that point. Where you can kind of pick up a lot of um, power-ups and, you know, more hearts and so on. And uh, there's kind of like this this dog <laughs> running around back and forth. It's kind of a... It looks like a ghost. And there's like a human there as well who seems like they're the dog's owner. Because the dog is jumping back and forth. And once you defeat the dog, once you, you know, like uh, kill it... Um, the owner comes over to the dog and appears to like mourn it. It's like, you know, kind of... It starts like... He puts his head down and starts to cry a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's almost like he defeated the the dog, and the owner's kind of sad for it, which I thought was a, kind of a, a funny touch. You were laughing at that. I was laughing. I <laughs> thought, I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. I'm glad I found this secret. <laughs> thought it was interesting. Uh, I mean, this this is a weird stage anyway because you're fighting like banquet tables and flying coffins, and this is the one where like a pair of dancing ghosts is. Um, is the final boss. Um, I think a little bit later on, I uh, kind of eventually get further and further into the castle. And um, I don't know, the the one boss, I think in stage nine, really impressed me. I think this one was uh, kind of like a large bat. This is is on a stage where you're, I think you're kind of in the treasury room of the castle. Okay. And uh, there's this giant bat made up of, like, coins and gems flapping over you. And, you know, like, it's flapping overhead, and as you attack it, um, you get, like, coins break off of the bat, and, like, you know, those will do damage if, you're, if you get hit by those. Um, and then, you know, eventually, the more you hit it, the more damage you do, and it eventually breaks into, like, three smaller bats. And they just kind of float down, and it kind of reminded me of Demon Attack on that stage. Mm. I thought it was a very similar kind of a look. Um, but you know, the rest of the game, it's, it's pretty challenging. I don't know. I I know some people think of this game as kind of easy, but I had a kind of hard, a hard time with it in some points. Um, especially in the final boss. Is it considered easy? I I remember having a lot of trouble with that game too. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it depends who you talk to perhaps. Okay. Um, but I, I had a really hard time with, um, the almost final boss. I mean, basically, when you get to the final level, um, you know, I, I kind of like the final level in this game because, first of all, you start to hear some of the classic Castlevania tunes. The, the soundtrack in general was a lot of original tracks. Um, some of them, though, I wasn't that crazy about. Really? Well, too I think, much reverb. <laughs> I don't know. I think. Well, I don't know. There was there was a stage pretty early on. Um, I think maybe stage three. It's a very kind of a kind of a jazzy lounge kind of a number. I'm like, I, I don't feel like this is appropriate for this level. I mean, this one is kind of um, you're kind of in caves or something, 
Um, so I don't really know how it, how it factored into the setting. It just didn't seem appropriate for the game at all. Uh, but the one uh, original piece of music, I guess, that stood out for me most was um, maybe in stage eight. There's, um, there's a, I think it's kind of like called um, Torture Chamber or Cellar, I think is, an, is the what the level is referred to as. Um, it has a really cool like kind of electro beat to it. I really enjoyed this one. Um, but this was a really tough stage. This is the one where kind of like there's a lot of dripping slime and stuff that can damage you and swinging spikes and stuff. Um, there's one segment at the end of that level where there's like a bridge with disappearing stones and falling spears. And I thought it was really (laughs) kind of tough to get past. But, uh, towards the end though, you do hear those classic tunes and I, I kind of enjoyed that better. Um, although they still didn't quite have that same resonance that I'm used to hearing, you know, like, I feel like, um, I don't know, maybe it was a little too orchestral sounding or a little too, like, I don't know, the sounds if were kind of bland. And Do you think it was a limitation of the hardware or just... I guess they were just going for a different style of application. Uh, no, because, I mean, I mean, like, the Game Boy, original Game Boy game, mm-hmm. those melodies were not that, I mean, not that great, really. I, mean, I, I kind of like a lot of them. I mean, you know, like Vampire Killer, obviously. Yeah, like those, those... yeah they're classic tunes. Right. The quality, like, you know, because mm-hmm. the Game Boy's not capable of producing... Right, but top notch audio, CD quality audio. You would think by the Super Nintendo, you would you would have a somewhat better selection. Um, uh, yeah, but I don't know. I, I just didn't wasn't crazy about the arrangement. Hmm. Um, the almost final boss. I mean, basically, you you go through several bosses in this stage. You're you're kind of almost at the end. You're about to face Dracula, but you've got other things to get through. Um, first is like kind of this skeletal looking bird with like a spear. Um, you know, eventually you are able to disarm him and then he attacks you with his beak. <laughs> um, but the next boss is like, uh, kind of a lizard man looking kind of a creature, maybe a gargoyle of some kind. I'm not really sure. Um, if both of those were pretty straightforward, but then as soon as I get to death, the grim reaper or however <laughs> you want to look at it, <laughs> De- finding death is never a good thing. Well, in this game in particular, it seems like it's, it's even worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this fight reminded me a lot of uh, the, uh, you know, this, this very similar looking enemy in, in Shovel Knight. It looked like it was very much inspired, that character, hmm. I, I think. Like the design and the way, the attack pattern and the way it moved. Um, definitely had that feeling to me. Um, I don't know. I died a lot of times trying to beat this boss. This was definitely the toughest fight in the game for me. Um, you know, he throws these blades at you, which you can pretty much duck you know, not, not too bad. I mean, you can block them with your whip even. Um, but then he throws his, like his scythe. He's got the the giant like blade that he flings across the screen and it does this big loop and you have to sort of try to dodge that. Uh, but getting in close enough to him while, you know, he's doing all that. I don't know. It was really tough for me to get past. Um, I mean so much so that when you do finally get to Dracula, I found that that's, that was a much easier fight than, Hmm. than trying to defeat death. Um, cause Dracula, you just kind of, you know, you, all you have to do is kind of stand close enough to him that you can like hit him in the face enough times. Um, you know, he teleports around, but it's, he's, he's, there's enough of a warning that you can get in position to be able to beat him. Um, he's got this kind of this purple fireball kind of a looking attack. Um, and I don't know, there's another one that's like 
a pair of demons will show up and it's almost like, um, you know, they, they, they throw like fireball effects as well. I don't know. It's very, very fiery kind of a theme. Um, and actually there's a lot of lightning involved too. So once you finally beat those, then, um, you know, he kind of, you know, the window breaks and the sunlight pours in and then he, you know, you know, he's like fully defeated at that point. Um, turns into a swarm of bats and flies away. So I guess once, once that happens, you're outside, you see the castle crumbling as usual. It seems to be the the way, Mm -hmm. you know, you're at the end of the game. Um, so overall, I mean, you know, it's a very linear style action platformer, but, um, I'm glad I finally got to play it. It seemed like it was, um, something that I've put off long enough. seems like it's part of it. Did you like it? Was it worth it? Um, If you put yourself back in 1992 or 93, when was that? 91. 91. Mm Mm-hmm. And you spent $60, $65 on this game, (laughs) would you have been satisfied? Um, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's, um, it was worthwhile, but I don't know if it would be my favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. So this was 91, mm-hmm. and Rondo of Blood is 93. Okay, so that came much later. Yeah, two years later, and uh, what else here? It's what it's also available on Wii U, Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. So you were not joking. <laughs> it is available, but that's not where I played it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Good, I don't remember. The, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember if I finished it or not. It was so I, I just sold it recently too, like like three or four years ago, probably mm-hmm. more like four years ago. Yeah, I'm not sure if I have a cartridge version of it. Yeah. I, I think I might. I, think I dumped all that stuff once. Mm-hmm. I had. I think once I I got the Wii, the original Wii, I was able to put the emulators on it, mm-hmm. and the Super Nintendo emulator was so good. I was like, just get rid of all my Super Nintendo stuff. There's no reason to keep that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you wanted to reduce the clutter. Yeah. Mm, I don't blame you. You have to. <laughs> well, that's not the only game I played, though. Oh, what else did you play? That's not the only Castlevania game I played, I should say. Because I also decided to take Castlevania Bloodlines hmm. for a spin. Wow. That's a tough one. Since, um, you know, I wanted to kind of round out the 16-bit, 16-bit yeah. uh, Castlevania games. Um, not including, I guess, Rondo Blood. Um, so Bloodlines was three years later, 94. That's right. So that was released in March of 94. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to figure out who works on a lot of these games because a lot of the names are made up and the credits are not that clear. No. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the first game. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny, too, because, I don't know, I, you, you try to narrow it down. I mean, even though, even though you do have a list of names, you don't necessarily know who exactly did what. It seems like a lot of these games were made by committee back then. Like, there's a whole bunch of just Konami staff people that were were involved, and they were given, you know, names like designers and, you know, main designer, but then meanwhile there's multiple main designers. So I don't really understand if it's, hmm. like, just graphics or just level design or what. Um, but at any rate, this game is a little different from... Um, from some of the other ones that I've played, just because you do have a choice of a main character in this game. So you have a character named John Morris. You're told he's from Texas. <laughs> so, I don't know. For some reason, that reminds me of Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. John Morris, Chuck Norris, a little similar. Could be a connection. Guy from Texas. Yeah. Is there no karate? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't seem to. 
but his weapon is is a whip, which is named officially as Vampire Killer. So apparently that is the name of the whip. Um, meanwhile, you have another character, uh, Eric LeCarter. I think it's Spain. the name of the game in Japan too. It was originally yeah. So it was originally sort of called Vampire Killer, and I think it was sort of designed to be a spinoff. Almost, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't designed to right. be an actual because the characters are different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, the other character you have, the other character has a um, like a more of like a staff weapon or a spear yep. weapon, and um, I don't know. I thought that looked interesting. I played like the first level using that one as well, just to kind of get a feel for it. Yeah, and it, it looks a little more powerful. It looked like you could do more with that weapon actually. But I think I wanted to keep like kind of the Castlevania feel, so I stuck with using, um, you know, the John Morris character. I thought that was um, useful. Isn't there a female also? Uh, I don't think in this game. No, okay, not that I know of. Um, now, one thing about Super Castlevania Four, it did have the time limit on on the levels. You do have to sort of get through the level while keeping. That same time limit going. And I think the time limits are different based on the different levels. So hmm. some levels have more time than others. Uh, but in Bloodlines, there's no time limit, which I am <laughs> always grateful for. I like to take my time with these games and look around. So the fact that there was no time limit helped on that aspect. Um, I uh, I noticed, though, that the controls are a little different, or at least in terms of what you can do with the whip. Yeah. So you could do diagonals up, uh, but you can't do straight up whipping. And you could do straight down, but you can't do diagonals down. So hmm. it's a little... So it's kind of like, um, you know, a little inverted, the controls, if, if you think of it that way. Um, so I felt a little restricted coming off of Super Castlevania 4, having played this one, because I didn't have the full eight-way controls. Um, and also no... No, just holding the whip. Because in the other game, you could just hold your whip up in some cases, and it almost was a shield. Like anything hitting yeah, the whip would get blocked. Yeah, you could spin it around, yeah. Yeah, you could either spin it or just hold it in place in front of you, and it would it would block incoming shots. Um, but you don't have that option here. Um, yeah, I felt like this one was more closer to the NES versions mm-hmm. than the Super Nintendo version was. Uh, yeah, it seems like it. I mean, one well, definitely one improvement, though, is that you could jump off of stairs. So once you were on the stairs, a lot of times you just kind of felt locked in mm-hmm. on a lot of Castlevania games. This one you could jump off at any time, um, which I thought was an interesting change, at least in terms of what I'm used to. Um, you can also use the whip to swing underneath platforms and ledges and things. Um, so this was both good and bad. I thought um, this you know, it was useful to get across certain areas, but then it also caused me to swing inadvertently like when i'm trying to hit something diagonally and i end up latching to the ledge and start swinging instead so it was a little bit of both good and bad um the other interesting thing about this game is that it doesn't occur uh in and around um castle dracula i mean you start off in the ruins of castle dracula but after that on the second stage you're you're kind of going through europe to different settings and different stages um, the storyline, and I don't know, I got a glimpse of the story. It didn't, didn't really make much sense to me, but apparently somebody yeah. is trying to resurrect Count Dracula. Hmm. Um, actually, I think it was maybe a descendant. One of his descendants um, was resurrected by some 
kind of ritual or spell. And upon, you know, her return to the world, she wants to restore Dracula to, to his former glory, I suppose. Yes. Um, so the second stage takes you to Atlantis, which gives you kind of a very strong water theme here. <laughs> it looks like you're in Greece all of a sudden. Um, <clears throat> there were some pretty cool water effects. Some good, like, interesting the reflections. The mirror effect, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and even just in general, the, the mechanics of the level, where the water level was sort of going up and down. Um, you know, you have to sort of climb, and there's like a section where you have to sort of climb up the stairs. Meanwhile, the water level is like rising and you have to try to stay ahead of it. Um, and sometimes there's like two branching pathways for you to go. So you're not really quite sure always which way is the best way to proceed. Um, <clears throat> there's even a portion later on where the kind of the water is lowering and you have like a set of like wooden rafts that are floating on the surface of the water and you can stand on the rafts. Um, and then there's like kind of stone platforms in between as the water's going down that you can also walk on. Um, but pretty much as long as you're, you know, I mean, you could touch the water. You don't like die if you fall in the water, mm-hmm. as long as the water doesn't go over your head. I think that's kind of the only thing to watch out for. As long as you can stand, you're, you're, you're still safe. Um, the boss battle in this was kind of cool. It was kind of like this large golem-like creature. <laughs> it looked like he looks like he was made of stone or some kind of putty, maybe. I don't know. I couldn't really tell. Because you would be able to chip away at him. Um, he looked a bit like the Michelin Man to me, because he had these, like, kind of hmm. these, these rings, like, made up his torso. Like, when you first see him, his head's kind of off the screen. Or off the top of the screen, and you can, like, chip away I at him. Remember. To, like, kind of make him shorter. Okay. As you as you work on him, um, so I, I, but that's actually the goal here is you want to try to hit him in the face. You want to lower his height enough that you can hit him in the face or you know in the in the head. Um, when you do though, it's kind of funny because he kind of rubs his face, <laughs> so it's kind of just comical the way like you know you've gotten your good a good shot mm-hmm. in when he does that. Um, <clears throat> the next stage uh, takes place in Italy, and you're <laughs> going through the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Um, it's a pretty cool special effect here too. You come into this area with with staircases, and the backgrounds all look tilted and stuff. Um, it kind of reminded me of the old Batman TV show, where like whenever they would show the villains like hideout, the camera was like just all tilted. Hmm. You knew like there was something weird going on. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of gave me that same sense here. Um. There's even a section where kind of, I guess, as, as you're getting further up in the tower, where the tower starts swaying when you get near the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's also kind of like that, that an interesting special effect where you kind of see the level tilting back and forth. Um, Medusa heads are everywhere in this game, by the way. <sighs> <laughs> they're uh, they're kind of all over the place. Um <laughs> Uh, the, the final battle here, though, is with some kind of, um, wing the gargoyle type of creature, but meanwhile, the tower is still spinning when you get to the top of it, so I thought that was kind of, um, kind of challenging. (laughs) This was one of the tougher fights in the game for me. But what helped a lot, though, was just having all of your weapons upgraded. So I don't know if this is, I mean, like... The game didn't really explain how the weapon system works. You kind of are kind of guessing how things work. So I guess once you get four upgrades to your whip weapon, it kind of has like kind of a blue glow to it. So it's a bit more effective. But your secondary weapon is also upgraded. Now, I think the way it works was if you pick up 
two of the same secondary weapons, it becomes kind of this this orb-like weapon. So in other words, I would always try to stick to the axe. That's usually my preferred secondary weapon, just because it gives me some some vertical uh, hitting ability. Um, I know a lot of people prefer the boomerang. Mm-hmm. Um, That's usually what I go for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know usually if you can use it well, it'll do more damage. But I feel like the axe gives me more protection from like overhead attacks. Um, but if you pick up two of them, like if you already have an axe and you pick up another one, now your weapon is like, it doesn't show an axe anymore. It shows like kind of this blue sphere. And so when you use your magic, it ends up like throwing like this homing missile out. It's almost like a homing effect and it'll hit your target several times. I mean, depends on, you know, depends on the enemy, but it was pretty effective and it was pretty helpful for this fight. Um, I guess the rest, the next one was kind of in Germany. Um, you're in a, what looks like a weapons factory of some kind. Um, there's, it starts off with these skeletons, like wearing army helmets <laughs> and they're flinging bones at you. Um, and sometimes they'll screw their, they'll unscrew their heads and fling them at you. And I thought that was uh, huh. a nice touch. Uh, you can't stand still at all on this stage. I just had to like, you know, get off of it as quickly as possible, you know, cause it seems like if I tried to stay and fight, just more of them would come out. So I think the point of this stage was just to keep me moving. Um, and, you know, you go through more, like, factory-looking areas. Eventually, you get to the boss here, which looks like kind of what Vector Man would look like if he was made of, like, mechanical parts <laughs> instead of just, you know, like, just blobs or whatever. Um, he had, like, a lot of gears and was kind of mechanical-looking, and um, he had a variety of different attacks. He just kind of reminded me a lot of even that the boss that I had to fight in clockwork night seemed like it was a very similar type of design to it. Um, you know, another similar part was like the fact that you can only damage him by hitting him in the torso. You had to hit him like in the exact center to damage that one. Um, I think another notable part was, uh, in the next stage, you go to the palace of Versailles, which is in France. Um, there's a very interesting, like, uh, sunlight effect. I thought there was like a part where once you go inside, you see this awesome shadow effect coming in through the windows. Um, there's a lot of like chandeliers falling and like suits of armor and things like that. So that's kind of the setting, the feeling of this place. Um, this boss fight had me really confounded at first. Now, I don't know if you remember this game or how far you got into it. If you've ever played it, I could not get very far in this game. (laughs) Uh, I bought it, and I got up to, I don't know, the third level, maybe, and I just could not do it. The game would just be over all the time. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, because I don't, is there a password system in that game? Um, it shows you a bunch of symbols. Okay. Like, if you finish the level, you get, like, a bunch of symbol patterns that you can... You I know can... there's definitely no battery, Mm-hmm. but I remember having to start over again. But, I don't know. No, I remember, like, giving up on it. I'm like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it felt a little it tough. Was a, it was a little disappointing, the game, back then. Mm-hmm. Especially coming off of... Because, you know, Super Castlevania 6, uh, 64, whatever it was. Super uh, Castlevania 4? 4. No, I'm thinking of... <laughs> the, that's, that's another one altogether. You don't want to get into that one. No. Castlevania 4, it was really good. It was, like, super impressive. The visuals were amazing. Mm-hmm. And this was a weird time, because Konami never made Genesis games before and all this stuff. 
So this was like, oh, you know, a new Castlevania game from Genesis. And then when you play, you know, like, oh, this seems kind of like the 8-bit game from, you know, five, six years ago. This mm. is sort of outdated. And then the mechanics seemed a little outdated. And, you know, it had some really good visual effects for the Genesis. But at the time, it was mostly, most people considered it a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed the, the like the sprites it's, were significantly little, lower detail, muddy, smaller, not it, as much. It didn't have Simon Belmont. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. It was a lot of things that just. I remember a lot of people just very disappointed with this game. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this 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 particular fight though on this stage, mm-hmm. I mean, it was really confusing because basically you have these faces appear. And then these balls start to bounce around the screen. And I thought, all right, well, I guess that's my enemy. I have to try to defeat the balls. But that wasn't quite what was supposed to happen, because really those are just attacks on the boss apart. And really the boss is this, like, immovable column in the center of the screen. Like, basically the faces would appear, they would shoot off these lasers. And then while the lasers are bouncing around, there's like kind of like this marble column. And that's really your 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 target but there's a very little there's a very small window of of opportunity to attack it so you have to try to attack it while you're dodging all these balls if you can you know i mean you can try to take them out but that eats away your time that you have to to counterattack so it took a little bit of time but i was able to get past that um turns out though that that wasn't even the final boss for this stage um there's sort of this woman that appears um, floating around and she turns into this giant moth <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, she swoops in she drops like what looks like some kind of dust or something that you have to avoid um, and she'll even um, drop off these eggs that hatch like even smaller moths to, to harass you um, and luckily I had plenty of axe magic <laughs> to uh, counteract that whole thing um and after that, you're kind of almost at the end of the game. You go to England next, to another castle. Um, and right at the beginning, it says, final stage, start. So you kind of know that this is the end of the game, sort of. Um, and right away, there's a very annoying stage where you're in a room, and it looks like you're playing kind of through cracked glass, maybe. Hmm. So... Your feet are not matched up to where your torso is moving, so you you have bands sort of that you can see through, and your feet move, but then your torso moves, and you see different parts of your of oh, you moving at a different time. Um, so I don't know. That was really hard to get through. You had to sort of, you know, of course, there's Medusa heads zipping along while you're mm-hmm. trying to get through this. So you have to kind of watch both areas and make sure you can, you know, get through it in one piece. Um, the next room is upside down completely. Like, you have to play it completely upside down. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but somehow this is not as bad as the previous one. Um, there's also a showdown with death in this game as well. Um, but it's a little different. He sort of, for when he first shows up, um, he kind of gives you, like, a little pinwheel effect. He kind of takes, like, a couple of tower cards. Like, six tower cards appear in the center. And they spin around, and basically you have to whip the one that you wanna that you wanna um, choose to fight. Uh, it's kind of up to you. Um, and basically, the repeats of previous boss battles. So you get to fight that gargoyle boss again, um, the uh, golem-looking creature, and also that gear type of boss. 
Um, there's also a card in there that will refresh your health. So you probably want to save that one if you can hold off from hitting it. Um, and then there's also two cards that will cause death to throw fireballs at you. Mm-hmm. But those are really easy and simple enough. Um, and then you do have to fight death himself once okay. once you play out all the cards. Um, somehow this is not as bad as the, the Castlevania 4 fight. I feel like it's much easier. But maybe it's because my secondary weapons feel more powerful in this game. Uh, that helped a lot in, during these fights. Um, of course, this is not the only boss you have to fight. <laughs> the next one is um, who I believe is called uh, Elizabeth Bartley. She was the yeah. one that was sort of resurrected to and is considered a descendant of Dracula. Um, it turns out this is a reference to Elizabeth Bathory. She's a famous oh, okay. female serial killer. Yeah, they had to make a really cool McFarlane figure of her. Uh huh. <laughs> She's apparently known for bathing in the blood of her yeah, victims. Sounds like is, an okay gal. Yeah, she's pretty hardcore. So I guess this kind of led to the rumor that she might be a vampire of some kind. So that's why kind of they rolled they rolled mm-hmm. her into the story of this game. Sure, naturally. <laughs> Uh, but in this game, though, she transforms into, like, a Medusa type of creature, like a Gorgon type, where she's got, like, a Medusa head with, like, a snake-like yep. body. Um, this is not a bad fight, though. I mean, even though she's, like, hurling fireballs at you and she's, like, spinning her tail around, it's all very predictable movements. Um, and um, she also will, you know, summon some spinning orbs and stuff to uh, try to hit you. But actually, all you have to do is kind of um, just time those attacks. You have to try to hit her for however many to- however many orbs appear is how many times you have to hit her. It's kind of a strange mechanic. Um, but it was pretty simple. I didn't have any real trouble here. And, of course, you do face Dracula again. <laughs> um, his first form is to sort of appear as a swarm of bats that combine and, you know, appear in different parts of the room. Um, as long as you're right near him when he first appears and can whip him like right at that instant, you'll almost interrupt any attack he does. So it's, it's kind of, um, really easy fight if you can get your timing down. Um, at one point he even turns into death also (laughs) and, uh, shoots a bunch of beams and stuff at you. Um, and you know, even drop starts dropping columns of fire. Again, these are all avoidable if you can keep up with the rhythm. It's mm-hmm. not, like, completely unfair, like the way the <laughs> the Castlevania 4 fight with death was. Hmm. Um, and in the final form, he appears as sort of like this large demon-looking creature who's got, like, another face in his abdomen. Really demonic-looking. Um, and that's, of course, the target that you have to hit. And, you know, once you beat him... Again, you're sort of given this view of the castle collapsing and the credits roll. Um, and it's kind of interesting, during the credits, like all the different boss characters come out and they're almost like presenting the credits to you as, you're, as they're going by. Um, you're also given a message at the end to say, like, you know, please try expert mode. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, that's what I said. I said, no thanks. Are you kidding? Uh, I, apparently you get different images from what I've read. Uh, you get like different Who would do that? screens, uh, depending on which character you used and whether you played expert mode or not, you'll get a slightly different, um, animation at the end, but essentially the same, basically the castle's collapsing. So what makes 
the expert mode harder? Is it just less lives? Um, I think it's that sort of stuff. There's more enemies. There's less health. Um, maybe it's a little more hmm. aggressive. I, I didn't get into it. I didn't think it was a good idea. No. <laughs> I, th- I think I had my fill of it. I think so. Um, I did like the soundtrack of this game overall, though. It is good. Yeah. I, I have to say, I think I think it played a little more... It's very good. Um in my uh the kind of the kind of soundtrack that i like to hear from a game like this i agree i liked it better than the super nintendo uh the composer for this was uh, michiru yamane yep um she's done i think the first castlevania game she worked on it is but she went on to do many others the awesome symphony of the night she was the principal composer on symphony of the night as well as lament of innocence um she worked on portrait of ruin with yuzo koshiro so that was a collaboration. Good that stuff. Was, um, she's also worked on other Konami titles. She did Twin B. Then she do Twin B. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we could in three. Um, so this was, uh, you know, I, it definitely wants me to, you know, like after hearing the the music used in this game, I, I would like to check out the other ones that she worked on because I think that would add to the atmosphere. Yeah, she's very talented. Um, but that was that. I mean, I know this is a bit drawn out, but. I, uh... So if you had to pick one, this is 16-bit wars we're talking about. That's right. This so is, you have to pick one. This is, which... this is almost the premise of the reason I played both yeah. of them. So you um, walk into the store and your friend's like... Yeah. He's like, yo, Super Nintendo is the best. Uh, I'm going to buy a Castlevania on Super Nintendo. What do you say? Um, I would say, I would say basically the Super Nintendo game is probably more game. You get more game out of it. Yeah. It's a longer game. Really? I feel it's a little okay. more challenging. Hmm. Um, I feel the differences, you know, it's still familiar enough, but, you know, it, it adds a few new things that I would say it's worth playing. Um, Bloodlines is certainly a, a, a fun game. I, I, I think I enjoyed it a lot, but uh, if I had to pick just one, hmm. I would probably stick to Castlevania 4. Mm, I think I would too. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Despite my uh, preferences for certain things about bloodlines i think now how about in the universe of castlevania games that you've played mm. how do those how do those rank well it's tough because once you get into the more metroid like entries in the yeah. series i think i feel like it becomes almost a different game entirely um i don't know i'll get back to you <laughs> I'll have to well, play. I'll have to play Rondo of Blood next. I was perhaps. gonna say I'm curious if this is gonna because this is gonna be an, a very long ongoing theme. If you could be playing every Castlevania game, uh, probably not. We're gonna right be away. talking about this for weeks. And probably weeks. not right away. But uh, but Rondo is high on my list just because. Yeah, I never played that one either. I, I, I would like to though. The amazing thing is, I own an original copy of the game. Mm-hmm. I got it when I first got my Turbo Graphics yeah. system. I remember importing that. Yep. I um. I had a. That know, was the reason why so many people were looking for mm-hmm. a TurboGrafx CD because they wanted to play that game. Right. It was. It was that sought after. It was. Mm-hmm. It was good. And it was funny because then Castlevania X came out on Super Nintendo, and I guess I don't know. No one seemed to know or care, and it, or it was like near the end of life for the Super Nintendo. Maybe that's why too. Mm-hmm. But. I remember, like, no one even caring that that game came out. It was, like, Castlevania X. Was like, it called that? Or was uh, it, it was like, Dracula was it, X, it was called. I'm sorry, Dracula, Dracula X. X. or Double X or something like that. And, and it just... No one cared. It was... I guess, like... I don't know. Castlevania was played out at the time, but... 
it was funny how like Rondo Blood was so mm-hmm. maybe the name it was just a cooler name and I don't know it was still Castlevania was hot you know right but yeah Dracula X was kind mm-hmm. of eventually like the dead game in the series of of all of them <laughs> until as Cole's uh, Symphony Night came out and then that kind mm-hmm. of revived it again the brand right well that wasn't that, that wasn't too much longer no it wasn't this is weird two years maybe something like yeah. that hmm. yeah it's about right. Yeah, so that was the bulk of my gaming hmm. for this week. Um, it was a good That's run, a lot, yeah. doing them both back to back, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, should we talk about any pickups we did? Yeah, we could. Some uh, quick pickups. Did you pick up anything good? Uh, just some, you know, just some downloadables. Yeah. Um, That's more or less the same with me. Yeah, I had to hurry up and make a choice for my Xbox Live because that credit was running out for me. Yeah. So I had six dollars and fifty cents left, and this was a whole. This became a whole big mess. Now, if you remember when you were doing your checkout, Mm -hmm. you had a choice. Like when you went to buy the game you wanted, you were on the website, and you were like, "Oh, I can." You know, it says like you know deduct payment method was like paypal or whatever right? yeah, yeah and you were kind of concerned about it because you're like oh well i already have credit though i don't want to use paypal mm-hmm. so i don't know why it didn't occur to me when i was doing my purchase but i had the same thing where basically i was trying to buy it through the website and i had six dollars and fifty cents in my xbox wallet or whatever they call yeah, it yeah yeah um so well first i bought halo 3 uh odst now, this was for Xbox One. This is an add-on for the Master, oh, the Master Chief. Okay, yeah. So, I have the Master Chief collection for Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, sort of an expansion. I mean, it was released as a standalone game for Xbox 360. But it's a $5 add-on for for the Master Chief collection. So, I figured, sure, why not? I mean, I haven't played any of those games, really. But for 5 bucks, I can't... And I had, I had the credits sitting there doing nothing. I might mm-hmm. as well... I might as well just add that to the collection, right? Um, so, okay, great. That went through, no problem. Then I said, all right, I have $1.50 left or something. So I tried to buy um, another game for $5. I picked I picked one of the $4.99 titles. And, of course, I got billed for buying it because... I got that message that said, do you want to use PayPal? I said, oh, I, I guess this is normal. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it turns out it looks like it's two separate like stores. The one that's used by Xbox One and the one that's used by Xbox 360. Uh-huh. Okay. So for some reason, it didn't allow me to use that other payment method. Oh. And it ended up hitting my PayPal instead. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> So then I went ahead and um, bought Crimson Dragon for uh, Xbox One as well. This was one of the launch games that I thought looked interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up using my remaining credit on that game, and then the balance went on my Visa card. So I ended up using three different payment methods. Wow. Some had tax, some didn't, depending on which method I used. Mm, that sounds kind of shady. It's a big mess. I think they need to straighten out that site. Mm, I don't know what's going on I there. Um, so that's what I had picked up. It's uh, a bit disappointing. Um, the other game that I got I won't mention because it's probably on your list as well, and I'll mention it when you bring, bring it up. <laughs> okay. Um, How do you know what's on my list? Uh, <laughs> I'm aware of certain things. 
Well, I'll tell you what's on my list. I picked up an old one. Mm-hmm. Up, uh, Assault Heroes Part 2. Right. Not the original Part exactly. 2, which I think is almost the same time it was released. This was an Xbox Live Arcade game. Xbox Live Arcade, uh, so that was part of the 360, you know, the old style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an old overhead shooter that I've heard much about. Right. And I picked up something else. I should have wrote these down. The heck, and, and I, oh, it's a Saturn game. Um, oh, that's right, Guardian Heroes. Right. So you got the I had Xbox 10 do- remake. I had ten dollars in credit mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know why, but so yeah. So those were five each, five dollars each, and they didn't charge me tax because I bought, I guess, an even amount. I don't know how that worked, mm-hmm. but so I never played it before. Um, so I don't know. I, I I played it like two minutes after I bought it, and it kind of seemed a little disappointing, but mm. I don't know. Yeah, I never gave this game a fair shot. I I did pick it up it's once upon a time. It's from Treasure, Guardian Heroes. And, and I hear a lot of people talking about it, but it, it didn't seem that great when I was playing a it. Saturn exclusive, And too. I played it originally when it first came out, and I didn't like it back then. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what made me want to think it was going to be better <laughs> this time around. You were looking for cheap $5 games, I think. Maybe. So that's what it was. I think it was like they were both four ninety nine titles mm-hmm. to round out your $10. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. <laughs> so yeah, so I did pick up Assault Heroes 2 as well. That was the 4.99 game that I tried buying, mm-hmm. um, but for some reason I was mysteriously billed instead. You should fight it, get uh, a refund. All purchases. I are hear final. companies are giving refunds out these days. <laughs> That's kind of true. Um, so I did have one more game to, to pick up that yeah. I picked up. I picked up Iron Brigade. On Steam. Um, this was a Double Fine game. Oh, that's that uh, shooter, right? That well, this originally... Flying shooter or something. This originally came out on Xbox Live as an exclusive. It was called Trenched at the time. Hmm. Uh, but for some reason, they couldn't use that title in all territories because of copyright reasons. And they ended up renaming the game Iron Brigade Everywhere. I think that's ended up... It's like a nice name. I like that name. Yeah, well... Basically, it's uh, it's it's a tower defense type of game um, with some third person kind of shooting action. Um, it's set in sort of an alternate history World War One, where basically we had some kind of giant robots and stuff that we could use to fight off, um, you know, some kind of other robotic enemy. So there's a whole mecha theme, mm-hmm. basically, and like set in like a World War One setting. It mm-hmm. looked interesting. Uh, I've always wanted to play this game, and for two ninety nine, seemed like a good deal. Your dreams will come true. It was eighty percent off, so you know how I can't resist a deal. Mm. <laughs> you are American consumer. Uh, that's kind of true. Um, so yeah, so as we were saying though, uh, basically Steam is now offering refunds on their yeah on their games. Um, About time, right? Is this, I mean, is this, I guess this is something people have been demanding. I don't know. You're, you're a long-term Steam user. Like, do you ever feel like you, you've wanted a refund on well, some of your games? Well, here's the thing. For one thing, this comes with a couple of conditions, right? And the conditions are that your the refund request has to be made within two weeks of purchase. Not long enough. Or... <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Considering how many unplayed Steam games I have. <laughs> I know. That's certainly not... They should make that two years, perhaps. Um, but... Or or you can, you have to have spent less than two hours playing the game. And, of course, with the Steam client running, it knows how long you've been playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
if either of those things are true, you're entitled to a refund. Or I think, you know, whichever one is, whichever one is true first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Is this something you feel you need at, at all? I mean, I buy these games so cheap that I almost don't really think about how much they cost. I guess if it's a full price I don't game, know. It I'm so more. used to like my whole life, never being able to return games ever. Mm-hmm. Like right. the last time I returned a game was in like 1985, especially PC games. I was never a PC user. So. Right. But I mean, from, from my point yeah. of view, like basically, yeah, like good luck as soon as you open the software, that's it. You've used the code yeah. or you've, um, you know, they can't re-shrink the game. It seems weird. And the games are so cheap these days, like, you know, three, four dollars, a dollar sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? You know, what's a dollar? Support the, you know, developer. Why return it? <laughs> right. I mean, all the game. how bad could it possibly be? Well, it seems like it's, it's not that easy to do this kind of refund process. It's not first. First of all, it's not automated. You don't just click like refund and then ka-ching, it just right. goes back into your account. Right. Basically, you get hit with a questionnaire for wanting to refund it. Like, why do you want to do it? What happened? Is it a technical problem? Mm-hmm. Were you unsatisfied in some way? And so you have to That's sort of ju- you have to sort of justify the refund. And even once you fully fill it out, it goes to their. It basically goes to customer service. You don't just automatically get the refund on the spot. Somebody has to review what you've submitted and mm. approve it. Um, and I don't know if they would really necessarily fight it, but I think maybe it's just to make it so that it's not completely automatic. And because the process is new, you know, they want to sort of see how, see what kind of requests they get and see how often certain people might make certain requests, mm-hmm. you know, make sure people aren't abusing this kind of privilege. Um, so what if you bought a game mm-hmm. You played it for a day, refund it, but right. keep your save data, mm-hmm. and then rebuy the game, and then copy your save data over, play <laughs> another couple of levels for a day, oh. and return it again, and I'm then sure they'll catch it. on. You think so? I'm sure they'll catch on to you rebuying a game you were already refunded <laughs> for. <laughs> yeah. For as long as you need to to beat it. Uh, yeah, they might catch on to those sort of things. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things attached to it just because the Steam marketplace has been around for a long time mm-hmm. and there's a lot of it's a lot of things going on there. This, you know, just kind of bolting on this refund feature sort of throws things a little bit off whack. Um How about know. DLC? Is that refundable? I think not. I mm-hmm. think it isn't. And I th- you know, we kind of know this from mobile games too where like in-app purchases for example, are not refundable because a lot of these things are consumable items that once you use them, that's it. You yeah. sort of use them and that, you know, you can't get a refund on something that was a one-time use item anyway. Um, so there's concern that I think that this might affect the way certain games are designed and certain the way mm-hmm. certain games are made. For example, if a developer knows that if someone, that someone can't, um, you know, refund the game if they've played it more than two hours Maybe they'll design their games in such a way that, you know, you don't get... You would have two hours of storyline before the game even starts. You would have an awesome game for two hours, and then, it, and then it's horrible after <laughs> And then it's that. horrible. <laughs> you know? It's Who knows? timed. Who knows? I mean, or they might design it so that, you know, the game's free, but then it's an in-app purchase if you want to unlock the full mm. game. Who knows? You know, We have tried that. Weird things like that. Yeah. I don't know. It, might, it, could have, it could have unintended ripple effects. Um yeah, there's other things related. What about uh-huh. achievements? What if you get an achievement for a game and then you get uh-huh. refunded? Yeah, what happens with that? And then, you know, like some of these achievements have um, 
trading cards associated with them, like virtual trading cards mm-hmm. in the Steam Marketplace, which you can then trade for money in the Steam Marketplace. You so know, what would you do? I don't know. I don't know how you. Hmm. Maybe you undo that whole trail. I don't know if that's possible. It's crazy. Um, what if the game is DRM free? That's true. Also, can't you just like copy and paste the file and then refund mm-hmm. the other one? That's what I've. That's what I've come to understand. Huh. That all these things are possible. And all we're, these... we're assuming this is like the negative side of things, right? We're assuming all people are crooks. I think this system will probably take a little, a little tweaking as it goes along. And I'm sure they'll they'll catch on to what the trends are and see what they have to do to course correct. Hmm. Um, but it's a good option, I guess, if you're the type that demands refunds for these sort of things. I don't know. If, I usually don't. I feel like it's something I'm not going to use very much. Yeah. I mean, if it's like... I'm trying to think. Like, even all the, all the crappy mobile games I've bought, mm-hmm. I never refunded them. Right. Well, because they were so cheap, usually. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if it's a lot of money, I can understand. Like, there are some games, like Super Nintendo and Genesis, that I wish, or even NES, I wish I could have got refunds for. Mm-hmm. But and just didn't think of it back then, or I might have tried, and they said go take a walk. You know, <laughs> when you when you go in with an open game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think the only time I've ever had to refund, return a game for a refund is if I already had the game somehow, mm. which is very possible. I, you know, it used to be funny <laughs> that you say that because I worked at a game store for you know a long time. Mm-hmm. I would always get that person to come into the store and say they want to return the game. And it's like, well, you know, once you open it, I tell them, you know, you opened it so you can't return it. And like, no, no, I already have this game. I have doubles. Right. And it's funny. It's like, oh, you have the game already, but then why did you open it again <laughs> for a second time? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, so go home, get the one that's still sealed, and I'll bring that one back, <laughs> and I'll take that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it was it's... like, you wouldn't be surprised how many times I heard that excuse. That's no surprise at all. I'm sure that's happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You put, so you don't find out until you put the game in and start playing it. Wait a minute. I played this game already. <laughs> I think it's just a problem that modern collectors have. You have too many games. Too you many know, games. You don't know what to do with them. <laughs> you can't, we can't remember them all. It's happened. For sure. <laughs> now, what about um, this news that, you, that, that ThinkGeek was up for sale? Originally, we heard Hot Topic was going to yeah. buy out ThinkGeek. Yeah. And that was causing some distress for Oof, some people. Man, people were getting freaked out about that. All bent out of shape. Wow. So I guess they'd be they'd be relieved, right, to hear that yeah. that deal is not going through after all, mm-hmm. and that GameStop bought ThinkGeek instead. Yeah, yeah. Do you think those people are going to be happy now? Uh, they seem to be happier uh, uh-huh. for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, I don't know. Either way, it's to me, it's not great. But who knows? Hmm. I didn't read up that closely about the details, but I'm right. not, you know me, I'm not a big fan of GameStop. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Like, and well, I am, who, I am a, a, I've been a shopper of ThinkGeek for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much as I used to, but there's always like some weird gadgets I find. I mean, there. GameStop has been carrying some of these. Yeah, they've always had action figures and these collectible type uh-huh. things associated with gaming, and I don't know. This just seems like a natural extension of what they were already selling. This might give them some uh, exclusive know. items, I guess. I, I, I don't know. What the, yeah, I don't know what their long-term plans are. I mean, I imagine the ThinkGeek shop is going to continue as it has. I don't know. And now you'll just be able to buy that stuff in a store as well. If maybe. it's that simple, that sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
You think they'll have like a branded section that says Think Geek? Or do you think uh, they want to? See, that's what I'm afraid of. Stuff like that. You They're think gonna have bad? like Meet Timmy at this location. You know, that little monkey character. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to start doing those things. Doesn't GameStop have their own monkey mascot? Well, they have the bunny. They have a bunny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so maybe the bunny and Timmy the monkey can hang out. <laughs> yeah. They'll make like a little like a little flash game or something. They, well, they made the bunny flash game already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's funny. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm usually more optimistic about these things. I hope they hopefully. I don't know. There's no I, ill I want GameStop to go away, but <laughs> you'd rather that you go into a shopping area and there's just no game stores. Yes, that's what that ideally that's what I would like. I see. Oh, that they were all independently owned and operated. Yeah, I would rather be like Game Pots or something like that. It'd be like that weird ripoff <laughs> store. What was that one you saw? Game Zone or something like it, that? It was Game Stop. It was. No, wait. Game Spot or Game something. Spot it was. But uh-huh. it was the logo of Game Stop. Right. <laughs> Made no sense. I took a photo of that. Yeah. Uh, unusual. <laughs> well, another, th- another story that was floating around this week was um, the unveiling of the games that were entered into the World Video Game Hall of Fame. This is another thing people get bent out of shape over. I guess so. Um, so these are the inaugural games that were just added. These consisted of uh, Pong, Pac-Man, Super Mario Brothers, good Tetris, and uh, Doom, All as right. well as World of Warcraft. Good stuff. Well, so, good games. I think basically they had a questionnaire or at least um, a form that people could fill out to suggest yeah. games that should be included. Um, and they had narrowed them down to the top 15 finalists. Mm-hmm. Um, some other games that didn't make the final selection were, let's see, Angry Birds was here. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft. Con- uh-huh. Oregon Trail. Uh, Legend of Zelda. I'm really surprised that that one didn't come out on top. Are you surprised? I, I've been reading a lot of people, and, and I'm not surprised about that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't believe Zelda changed the industry as much as those other games did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, Angry. I think almost. I mean, maybe not this first time around, Angry Birds, but people like I know a lot of people don't like that. That game is on that list, mm-hmm. and to me, I don't think you could have picked a better mobile game to represent, right? You know, the future generation and Angry Birds. That's true. I think it's got. I mean, I don't know. That, it, it really changed a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, but what do you think about the games they did actually pick? Like, they, they, they They're all good choices. All six games seem to be... I would almost argue Pong. I don't know if Pong is really the game I would consider changed the arcade and set the standard and... Uh-huh. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, there definitely could make a case for it, but I'm not sure if that would be my first choice. Well, here's here's what they said was the actual criteria. Uh-huh. So they said that the game is recognized and remembered as sort of an icon. Okay. Um, that the game has enjoyed sustained popularity as... Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe in its, in its heyday. Maybe okay. when it was first... Uh, when mm, it first even then, along. I'd but argue then, that. I, I, guess that, I guess that's the, that let goes me, against let the me definition. Ask you, we're both around since the 70s. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play Pong in the arcade? <laughs> no. No, me Definitely neither. Not. Never. <laughs> You, you, you're right about In that. fact, I had two Pong consoles. I don't even remember playing them that much because mm-hmm. they were mostly like two or four player only. They weren't no single. Play. Exactly. The right. only single player mode was just bouncing it against the wall against yourself. That was it. Mm-hmm. So right. Pong was like kind of a stupid game to mm-hmm. me. I don't know. So maybe so maybe that is a questionable choice. 
Um, the, the other the other things were uh, global reach. The game is known around the world. Okay. And the influence that the game had, as in like its impact on subsequent games or pop culture or other forms of media and entertainment. Yeah, sure, definitely had that impact. So yeah, I would say out of all of these, Pong. I I mean, Pong is probably the least of all of those things. But I mean, certainly like, Pac Man. You could say is probably the most recognizable. Well, Pac Man's in that list, is it? It is. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Sure. Um, it's a bigger... Pac-Man's probably the most recognizable character in the video game world. Mm-hmm. Sure. Still. Super Mario Brothers, I think a similar argument could be made, but yeah. I'd still say there might be some people who don't know what Super Mario Brothers is. Yeah, sure. Um, that would know Pac-Man. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, Tetris, pretty universal choice. Yeah. I think as far as puzzle games go, it's probably that... most people's go-to game. Sure. Oh, I remember there being TV segments and news segments about that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Doom, certainly... Doom, yeah. I mean... Set the world on fire sure. for uh, first-person shooting games and, and everything that came after it. Um, another thing that Doom was notable for was the idea of a game engine. Really? Yeah, apparently, like, it kind of was one of the first games that you know, um, separated different parts of the game into, you know, specific things that different people could work on. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how it's described here in their official release. Now, these games were chosen um, for the Strong National Museum of Play. Mm-hmm. This is in Rochester, New York. Okay. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about it either. <laughs> Apparently, it's... Um, it's a large museum, and this is just one of their one of their sections. Oh, okay. I think Smithsonian also has some mm-hmm. kind of Hall of Fame or gallery or something like that with certain games in there. That's true. But I don't know. I thought this was a good list, so I have nothing to complain about. World of Warcraft. I mean, it's certainly not the first. It's online multiplayer game, but it's no, certainly it's probably not something I even played much. Popular. But yeah, I could definitely see. I mean, people still play that now. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, I think it still brings in like a couple of million every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wonder if the ones that were not selected are going to come up again. Because you do see some I would iconic think so. things. Space Invaders, Sonic the Hedgehog. Space Invaders, definitely. Pokemon. Sonic, I don't know about so much. Pokemon, I could see that. Well, I don't know Pokemon. Because that's... I mean, that really didn't start as a video game, did it? Mm, yeah. I Is that where so. it originated at? I thought uh-huh. it was a card game first. Uh, that came afterwards. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. It is a little crazy. Oh, man. Well, I guess they figured, you know, well, co- collectible card That's games insane. became a thing after that, and then they decided, oh, Pokemon's a good Was it? I thought it was fit. magic, and then I thought Pokemon was the equivalent of, like, kids stuff. Kids, like, magic get the gathering. I, and then they said, oh, let's make a game off of this. And they made that and they made the toy line. I could be wrong. I don't know. I could definitely, I most likely am wrong. <laughs> I would trust your word over mine. Uh, the impression I had was that the game came first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm curious to see what they pick next. Um, I wonder, I wonder what's going to be up. I wonder if they're going to be fielding more um, sort of surveys from the public for this sort of thing. Clue Clue Land. <laughs> Is that what you're going to write in? <laughs> yeah. 
You have to justify it. You have to justify. I can't just write and You have to explain why it had a lasting impact on pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about uh, the Apple One? Now, if you had an Apple One in your possession, would you take it to a recycler? Would you just dump it off and say, I don't need this old computer anymore. Why don't you guys have it? See what you could do with it. I would... Probably, I don't think I would ever make the effort to go to a recycling center, so it would just end up in a garbage pail uh-huh. outside. You figure, I have a modern Macintosh. What do I need the Apple One for, right? It's not even as good as the Apple Two. Yeah, why would you want the One? Right. Well, it turns out the Apple One is pretty valuable. Um, apparently, there was a woman who, in somewhere in California, um, ended up dumping off her Apple One at a recycling center. Um, this is one of the original 1976 machines built by Steve Wozniak. Mm. Um, hand built, hand built by co-founder, the Woz. (laughs) Um, now is this, is she just a disgruntled Apple user? Apparently. She's like, I can't stand these iPhones and these iPads. It took, it took 30, 35, 40 years for her. Yeah. She's like, she got that message that popped up about signing into iCloud and Mm -hmm. all these other like uh, issues. And she's just like enough, (laughs) but she's an Apple user. So she took the time to go to the recycling center. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. She's got that. You know, she's very green friendly. This is California. You can't just dump electronics in the trash. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, apparently this is... uh, She lived, um, I don't know, somewhere in the Bay Area. And I guess they sold off this machine. The recycler managed to sell it off to a collector Hmm. for $200,000. And they're trying to find the woman that dropped it off. Oh, and give her some money? And give her her proceeds for Hmm. the sale because... They don't really know who did it. They're trying to find out. Weird. Yeah. Uh, so, I can understand how that happens, though. Have you seen one of those? Uh, it looks like just a rickety piece of junk. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I mean, if I didn't know anything about it, and, mm-hmm. like, say it was my husband's, and, you know, he died, and I went through his stuff, and I found this, like, look like an, a, a taken-apart piece of equipment, you right. know, that... That's apparently the story here. <laughs> yeah, I would probably be like, well, what is mm-hmm. this garbage? This is just going, you know, just get rid of it. Right, yeah. But these were among the first Apple computers ever made. There were only about... It's amazing. Two, only about 200 made. Yeah. Only about 50 known to survive to That's this amazing. day. And this is one of them, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I guess check <laughs> check your stuff. Make sure you're not throwing out anything good. I've probably gotten rid of so much good stuff at this point. <laughs> Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I so. think I just found out this week that people collect uh, demo discs for like old <laughs> game systems. I'm like, I had stacks of those that I just tossed her out into <clears throat> the trash. Right. You all figure the time. this isn't even the full game. <laughs> I well, know. Why are we would you want this? this? But you know, it's a piece of the game's history and a piece of things that were distributed for free. So That's insane. People want to um, try to collect those too. <laughs> Did you know that the Apple One originally sold for six hundred and sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents? Six hundred and sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. That sounds pretty cheap, actually, for a computer. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it was a circuit board with a keyboard and stuff. Did it have a pentagram <clears throat> on the no? It wasn't PC or anything. <laughs> it wasn't anything like that. But um, apparently, it's the mark of the beast. Apparently, the Waz likes that type of. Th- Pattern, repeating yeah. patterns. I think he's into that. 
Yeah, so, um, I don't know, I guess that's about it, I think. That's it for news? Yeah, that's it. Wow. Short week, right? Yeah. But we've probably taken up enough time for today. All right. So I guess we'll wrap it up. Yeah, so go online, leave us feedback on this episode. Uh, You can send us email at obbfeedback at gmail.com. Definitely look us up on Facebook. Uh, You can message us there. And anything to add? As always, you've summed it all up in one long phrase. Perfect. (laughs) Well, have a good week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.